I got to start out by giving a shout out to Teague Cuttrell on Instagram. You know how we had our little fiasco with Apple Podcasts last week on the episode? And actually, it's still not fixed. You still cannot hear me on the episode. Can we boycott them? We we should. I think we should. I think that's the only fair, logical, and uh, mature thing to do in this situation. I agree. I think we should go on strike. But literally, within minutes of you posting the episode, that man DM'd us on Instagram and said, Yo, the audio screwed up. Like within minutes, he he was listening to that episode long enough to realize that something was going on. I mean, hey, the big show is going places. That is a dedicated listener, if I ever saw one. Well, so Teague, thank you, my man. He's a Wisconsin Badger. Thank you for listening. You deserved a special shout out for that because it probably, I mean, it probably would have taken us, what, a couple of hours to realize something was wrong? If It might, maybe longer. This is fair. But have you actually met him? I have not met him. Okay, so, I mean, shout out. We love you, Teague, but, like, we haven't met you. Maybe we can. Let's just have you on the, let's just have you as a guest guest listener on the pod. Or guest- if we end up going to Madison for a game, we'll meet up. Ooh. I like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, if you love Big Ten football, then you're in the right place, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the big show. We're bringing you the best Big Ten football content out there. And if you are a first-time listener, you're going to end up like Teague, where you're just listening to us within minutes. You're just refreshing Apple and Spotify every day to see when the next episode comes out. So give us a follow and subscribe now, because you're going to do it anyways. Uh, Corey, do you want to say something nice to the listeners out there? Uh. Well, shout out to listeners like Teague who are eagerly awaiting our episode drops uh, when they happen, because that's pretty neat. I mean, we've been doing this now for a full year. We're at 34 episodes, um, and we started this on a whim, and now we're into season two of The Big Show. And that's pretty cool, because some of the stuff that we talk about is really insightful, we would like to think, but other times it's me just yelling at Ethan um, for... Uh, being a big old jerk and, you know, just being mean. I'm just kidding. I love Ethan. It's really weird because we've had this dynamic that like we haven't been on the podcast like together for a long time, other than like a handful of episodes. We don't hate each other. So let's let's throw that out there. There's no beef in the big show whatsoever. No, there is no beef. There's just busy schedules. So it tends to be me and Ethan or me and Corey. And then every once in a while, you get lucky and you get all three of us on the same episode. So hopefully that happens more often during the season. Except the times when Ethan tries to boot me out of the episode, but that's okay. <laughs> yes, except the times when Corey is yelling about airtime with Ethan. Uh, joke, we're kidding. Uh, if you do not follow us on Instagram and threads, follow us on there, at Big Show Pod. Uh, tons of fun content. Threads is more of like our game day, quick thoughts and reactions and probably some memes and all that stuff. But Instagram, we're posting a lot more, getting a lot more active. So make sure you follow us and you'll see when our episodes are coming out too. Uh, your favorite team that is not the Michigan Wolverines, Corey. They got some new unis, Purdue Boilermakers, Boiler up, baby. new uniforms, throwbacks, honoring the Drew Brees era. Are they hot? Or are they not? I mean, I feel like it's really hard to go wrong with a throwback jersey. The NFL has just exploded onto the scene. We talked about that a couple episodes ago. Like, those are hot. And then college teams were like, oh, yeah, we have hot throwback jerseys. We might as well go back to them. If we're being really honest, there's nothing that special about them. But they just look crisp and clean. And for my co-hosts who just have no imagination or creativity that don't like the train track helmet. Um, You get back to your football roots. You get back to when Purdue was, I don't want to, they weren't a powerhouse by any stretch of the means, but they had some success in the Drew Brees era. And you're coming off of a very successful season, regardless of what happened with the absolute crapshoot that was the big 10 West last year, somebody had to win it. And Purdue won the division. And so they're just they're just keeping the good times rolling. And they're just going to like if we can't build momentum off of the recruiting trail and all of the players that we lost um to the NFL draft, um at least we're going to look nice. 
doing it. Out of 10, what do they get? Oh, goodness. Um, I'd say 8.5. I'll go the Portnoy scale right there. I I was going to go same same vicinity, like an 8.6, 8.7, because they are crispy. They are clean, mm-hmm. but there's nothing that really sticks out about them. But I do like them better than their train tracks. But does it need to? Like, does a jersey, like, really, like, because, like, okay, like, what about, like, an Oakland Raiders jersey? Like, that's that's the cleanest that it gets. It doesn't do anything to right. wow you. Yeah. But that's, like, a 10 out of 10 jersey right there. It's too boring. <laughs> I He's, I wouldn't consider the Raiders a top five jersey, but they're up Well, there. you're on cocaine, sir. Oh, I get it. He prefers the jersey where the helmet only has one decal on the side. What are you talking about? The Steelers jerseys. They only have one logo on the helmet. Oh, yeah. The Steelers jerseys are dope. I think they need a refresh, but they're dope. Oh, my gosh. They're sick. You can't even say it. Their home jerseys are so. The Raiders, We're the Raiders jersey's better. It just is. I'm not alone in that. We're moving on. We're moving on. Uh, Jim Harbaugh. Woohoo! He's not going to be suspended. At least not this year. Oh, because the NCAA couldn't agree and have their committee on infractions sign the agreement. So basically he's still in trouble, but he doesn't have to be punished just yet. So the can is getting kicked down the road. It's probably going to happen next year. So he will be able to coach the first four games of this year. So thumbs up for uh, Michigan. Okay, next topic, because that was literally all that happened about that. And I don't think we need to talk about it anymore. The big question I want to get to before we get into Big Ten East over-unders and then eventually our conference championship game matchup picks and winner picks. 24-7 Sports came out with their top 50 transfers list from this offseason, from this transfer cycle. A name that I was expecting to see and did not was Cade McNamara. Big Ten championship winning quarterback at Michigan, college football playoff quarterback at Michigan, lost the job to JJ, has transferred to Iowa and is hoping to resurrect them back to Indianapolis and Big Ten championship game appearance lore. He was not in the top 50 of transfers listed. I was shocked. And so I think this is a larger question because I feel like people can look in Cade, look at Cade and there are the people who see the accomplishments and think, well, obviously he's great because of the accomplishments. And then there are probably people who look at the measurables and the stats and say, well, he's not that great because he's not a super great athlete. Look at his stats. He's not putting up bonkers numbers. So what side of the coin are you on? Do you feel like him not being listed on the top 50 transfers list, does that mean Cade is underrated? Or do you feel like across college football landscape, he's overrated? I kind of want to answer this question with another question. Go for it. How many of these quarterbacks in these transfer portal rankings have a conference title on their belt? Because that's the real question here. I don't, I, I've been on the McNamara like bandwagon for a pretty significant amount of time. I was, I was singing his praises even into the beginning of last year. And we were kind of welcoming that quarterback conversation or that quarterback uh, uh, competition. And it's like, well, you got to give this guy some credit because he was, I think, third string on the depth chart when he came into Michigan. And I, I actually remember when he was an early enrollee. And it's like, oh, this Cade, this Cade McNamara kid from Nevada, he's... And he did not beat Joe Milton for the job, who had to transfer to Tennessee and was the backup to Hendon Hooker. Correct. So this guy is basically every football coach's dream as far as like he worked his way to where he was at. Now, were there a couple breaks that went his way? Sure. Milton didn't pan out to be the quarterback that everybody thought he was going to be with the big arm. Um, And then Shea Patterson was only there for a short period of time. So, okay, there you go. But when McNamara got the starting job, that was a facelift for the Michigan football program. That was the calming like sense leader that Michigan needed at the time. And that turnaround, as much as you want to give Harbaugh credit, as much as you want to give some of the coaches credit, you do have to give a lot of that credit to Cade McNamara as well, because he was a guy who took care of the football. 
He wasn't going to try to do anything that he couldn't do within his own means. And he ended up being very successful. For the longest time, Michigan just needed a quarterback to not make the mistake. That's what drove us crazy about the John O'Corn era. He just would throw to literally nobody on the Michigan football team, and he would throw to the other side. Um, I was at that Ohio State game where it was like he threw deep pass, and I'm like, oh, he's going to connect with somebody. No, there was three Ohio State defensive backs. That's who he connected with. Um, shout out John O'Corn. Um, <laughs> but we, I don't want to neglect what Cade McNamara did for the Michigan football program. And I think to not be ranked in the top 50 of, of the transfer portal players for this, I, that's a slap in the face. I mean, come, come on. Look what he accomplished. Now, is he the reason that Michigan won the conference championship? I don't think entirely, but he is a big part of that. I don't think you can take that away from him either. No, you absolutely can't. I think I was actually on the fence about this one because I was teetering between the two perspectives of like, would I take JJ McCarthy over Cade on any given day? Absolutely. I would. Cause I think he's the better quarterback prospect. He's more athletic. He's got a better arm. But then when you look at the accomplishments, Cade took that football team just as far as JJ did, except besides the fact that JJ had an undefeated regular season and Cade, they lost that game against Michigan state when he was the full starter outside of that one game, the end of the season result was the same, which was a college football playoff semifinal loss. And you can argue, actually you would be correct in arguing that Michigan lost to the worst team in the semifinal that JJ played in than the one that Cade played in. And nobody questions the fact that JJ should have won the job and should be the starter. So I think you have to say he's underrated being left off of this list, because like you said, he takes care of the football. He's, you know, and I think you can go beyond saying that he's just a quarterback who doesn't make mistakes. He's super accurate. Like go back to that Ohio state game that he won in the snow at home at Michigan. He made some really accurate throws. Like he's, he's a accurate quarterback. He's not going to wow you with his arm strength and, and arm talent and, you know, all that stuff, but he's going to put the ball in the right spot. He, he's going to make smart decisions. He's not going to put the ball in harm's way, which is all that a lot of teams really need. Like, let's not, I, you know, I mentioned before that he didn't beat out Joe Milton for the job. That was kind of incorrect. He didn't beat him out for the job before the season in the season he did beat out Joe Milton for the job. And now look at how people are talking about Joe Milton in Tennessee. I saw a list of most important players. Dude, it, I, I don't get it. I don't get the Joe Milton hype whatsoever because this guy could not complete a pass. We were all sold a, a bag of goods that first game against Minnesota. We're like, oh, this guy is legit. And then it's like, oh, he, he, can't, he can't get past his first read. At all. No. No. I saw a list the other day on Instagram of the most important players in college football when it comes to uh, playoff implications for this season. Joe Milton was number one on the list. If you think Joe Milton is coming in here and leading Tennessee to a playoff appearance, you're just sadly mistaken. But that is fair. If Joe Milton is the player that everyone thought he was going to be at Michigan and even at Tennessee, because that Orange Bowl game, he did ball out. I will give him the credit there. I'm not going to say like he he stunk, but he still has the gunslinger mentality way too much. Or and you feel like he should you know tuck it and run more often, or he tucks it and runs at the worst times. So he's. He's an enigma. He's going to be like the most frustrating player that you will ever have to watch. And if he gets the starting job, because I know Tennessee's got a five-star quarterback that's waiting in the wings or, or some highly rated quarterback. If he gets the starting job and you get Jekyll and Hyde, uh, Joe Milton, and I'm not, I'm not comparing this because very high draft pick, but there was a reason that Anthony Richardson wasn't successful at Florida because he was too, he was too high and low. There was games where you thought Anthony Richardson was going to win the Heisman, and there was games where it's like, this this guy can't play the quarterback position. Right, and my point being with bringing up Joe Milton is that people will use the athleticism and the measurables against Cade McNamara when he beat out Joe Milton, who is an absolute athletic freak 
and can throw the ball a mile. So I think he's absolutely underrated. He's going to, I don't want to say he's going to ball out at Iowa because unfortunately for him, he's got an offensive coordinator who doesn't really know what he's doing. So I don't know if his performance is actually going to show that at Iowa because of the coach he's playing under, but the dude is underrated as far as I'm concerned. Two quick things. All right. Two quick things. Yes. One funny thing and one like very serious thing. Number one, remember like the whole balloon thing that was going on? There was like the the spy balloon, right? Like okay. Yes, yeah, so yeah. I saw I saw a meme. It was like like spy balloon over US airspace, and then it was Joe Milton and just a picture of him like just cocking it back and ready to just chuck it. And it's like, yeah, Joe Milton would be really, really good at that. Um, but number two, and the more serious thing, and please, I want you to understand, I'm not comparing the two, but I want us to take a step back and look at the glory days of Alabama football. They're still in the glory days. I'm not saying they're not, but look at the glory days of Alabama football. AJ McCarron. What was he? What type of quarterback was he? He was a quarterback who didn't make mistakes and put the ball where it needed to go. So if you are a college football program and you are trying to get stability from the offensive side of the ball, why on earth would you not want a quarterback who doesn't make mistakes and takes care of the ball? It blows my mind. It, it, we can't sweep this guy under the rug. I don't, sh- he shouldn't be number one the number because there are more talented players in the transfer and maybe even more talented quarterbacks, but to be completely left off the list? ludicrous did somebody forget were they making this list and we're just like constructing it and it's like hey we forgot Cade McNamara it's like oh shoot we already published it oh we can't can't go back now some social media intern is is getting raked over the coals for that one all right let's get into the big 10 east over unders we got our numbers from FanDuel if you're curious and if you care Ethan was on a hot streak. He went five and two guessing what the win totals were. Do you want to step up to the plate on that, Corey? Or do you just want to, you just want me to go for it and list them all? I can't. I mean, everyone, I, I submitted my picks to a coin last year. So I, I'm not ready for that. Not ready for the embarrassment that's going to come. All right. Well, we're going same as last week from top finisher last year to bottom finisher last year. So we're starting out with our beloved Michigan Wolverines, the back-to-back Big Ten champions. Their over-under win total from FanDuel is sitting at 10.5 right now. So, Corey, I'll let you go first. 10.5. What does your gut tell you, over for Michigan or under? Oh, goodness. See, this is why I hate doing these. It's because it's like I'm so pessimistic about everything, and specifically with my team. But I, just looking at this schedule, they should they should go over. Like they should, given the talent that they have. The fact, what the fact that I'm saying the fact it. That you, the fact that you're questioning whether or not they're going to hit this over is like ludicrous to me. I I think it's very reasonable that they could lose at Penn State, and it's Ohio State too. I think that's very reasonable. Now, do I believe it? No. I think they should. I think they should win those games. What is it? Why? I've been, I'm scarred. That's what I am. I'm scarred. I grew up in the Rich Rod era. I saw nothing but crap on the field for years. And that's, that's what I had to deal with. So now getting out of this, I, you have to give me some time. And if they win a national championship, then I don't care whatever happens. I'll just be like, ah, sure, fine. <laughs> they're over, they're over under 12. Yeah, let's hammer it. <laughs> Corey, they're back-to-back Big Ten champs. I know. It's time to get out of the pessimistic era. I know. And I said over. What do you want me to do? <laughs> you you said you said over, I guess. I, no, I said they should go. Don't give me that. This is this is this is why you, me, and Ethan, we always butt heads on this on this stupid podcast. It's because you're like, and it's like, no. I'm just like, ugh. All right, well, if you couldn't tell, I'm confidently hitting the over on this. I think it's virtually a lock. This offensive line is going to be in contention for the Joe Moore again. They might take a small step back, but taking a small step back for that offensive line, they're still going to be one of the best in the country and could absolutely be the best in the conference again, potentially. 
best running back duo in the country. Easy. They are they are fifth in the country in returning production overall. And they've been very vocal, the players have, about their national championship aspirations. They believe they fell short last year. A lot of the reason why these guys came back, like a Blake Corum and like some of these offensive linemen, is because they believe and they know that they have the talent to get the whole thing done this year. So I think they're coming in focused. I uh, they do, they get Ohio State at home. They Big get help. Michigan State. Uh, Michigan State's on the road, but Michigan State's you know not what they used to be. Um, Penn State is on the road, which Penn State is tough. But if I'm being honest, for some reason in my mind, I feel like they're more likely to slip up against someone they shouldn't lose to than someone they should lose to. I feel like complacency could be their their biggest enemy. So I do think it's possible that they go eleven and one. Is it in the realm of possibility that they go ten and two? Yes, but I don't think it's happening. I think they're too good. They're too talented. They're too well coached. They're too experienced. I'm hitting the over on Michigan. I have one comment, and I'll keep it really brief. I yes, I. I read everything that's going on. I see all the players that have come back. I've heard all of them say, we have unfinished business. We want to go out and win a national championship. That's our aspirations. Now that they've gotten to this point, I'm going to be really interested to see how they handle the expectation, but also the pressure that comes with it. I think guys like Corum and Edwards are pros. I think JJ is a the perfect combination of calm, and talent that Michigan has been searching for for a long time at the quarterback position. Um, And you saw an undefeated season last year when most people did not expect that. Um, So I think it'll be really fun, at least the first half of the year, because there's going to be no worries. Um, But the second half, I think Maryland could be a potential trap game just because it's sandwiched in between Penn State and Ohio State. Um, And Maryland, we all agree that they are a pretty good team, and I think we're talking about them next. Or, or soon, I guess, because we have to talk about Ohio State as well. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how mentally sharp they are for this season. Next up on the list, we have Ohio State, who has the same over-under win total as Michigan, sitting at 10.5. I want you to go first again, because I definitely want to go second for Ohio State. So 10.5, looking at the schedule, what have you got, over or under? This is hard, but I've you can never underestimate Ohio State at all because they've earned that right. And looking at their schedule, for them to lose three games would be tough. I think Notre Dame could be – that's going to be one of the best early season games in the country on the road. Um, I think Penn State, Ohio State, especially – uh, having uh, Penn State come in uh, to the horseshoe, and then obviously Michigan, Ohio State, that's going to be a great game as well. Man, I'm going to say over just because they've earned that right, but that all hinges on what's happening at the quarterback position. I don't, I, I haven't heard even anything, a snippet of what's going to happen there. And you've heard the rumors of them trying to keep Stroud with all the NIL money, and then he you know, commits at the last second, and good call for him because obviously – number two overall pick, and he's making millions of dollars. Um, but I, you, you can't bet Ohio, against Ohio State until you have a reason not to. And they've delivered year in and year out. So I will say over. They are super talented again this year. They return the most all Big Ten players of any Big Ten team. They're obviously in the top five in recruiting consistently. There's no lack of talent in that room. But to your point, Corey, you can't bet against them until you have a reason not to. I have a reason not to. I am taking the under on Ohio State at 10.5. And And before everyone calls me a hater and a Michigan slappy and blah, 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 listen to the question marks that are facing Ohio State. Okay, And I don't even think the question marks rely or or are on the defensive side of the football. I think they're going to be as experienced and as deep as they have been and a little bit on defense. They've got stars on the defensive line that just need to prove themselves. They've got a stacked linebacking room. The secondary won't get worse. 
And I think the biggest thing they have going for them on defense is it's Jim Knowles' second year. So everyone's more used to the to the scheme and the verbiage and the mental part of playing defense for Jim Knowles. So I think the defense is going to be fine. But they have question marks at, you mentioned it, quarterback and the offensive line. Those are not good places to have question marks. Okay? And I'm nitpicking. I'm nitpicking with Ohio State. But when you're talking about Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State, which could all it's it's likely that you could have three of the top five to six teams in the country in the country in the big 10 east so you have to split hairs and so with ohio state i'm splitting hairs they have questions at three different positions on the offensive line both tackles and center you don't know who your quarterback is you have yes you have a stacked wide receiver room you have marvin harrison who might be the best player in college football but the best gift you can give a quarterback especially a young one an inexperienced one is an offensive line in a run game not weapons he needs the time he needs a run game to get that stuff set up and look at their schedule their four toughest games at notre dame at wisconsin at michigan and then they have penn state at home so three of their four toughest games are on the road i could see michigan i could i could see ohio state going nine and three and losing those three road games. But I think 10 and 2, 10 and 2 is what I have them going. I could see 9 and 3 being in the cards because of the offensive line. I'm taking the under. You're a brave, brave man, my friend, my beautiful co host. I have one question for you. Do you think that this is the first time in like a decade where Michigan goes into the Michigan Ohio State game with more talent? than Ohio's. Yeah, I do. That's a really interesting question. I had not thought of that before, but but think about it. I think I think they're probably even talent-wise on the defensive line and probably the linebacking core as well. I think the front seven washes out. I think Michigan has the more talented secondary. I think Ohio State has the more talented receiving room, and I think Michigan has the edge at offensive line, quarterback, and running back. What about tight end? Well, I guess that's receiving, but yeah, yeah, I would include that in receiving, and I think Marvin Harrison and Emeko Boo could just take it over the yeah, top. But I, I, that's a super interesting question that I never thought about. But I do think I'm giving a slight edge talent wise to Michigan. I think I think I would agree, just given the the quarterback room and then the one two punch. I, I mean, I'm all about the running backs, but this is not about Michigan; it's about Ohio State. Let's move on. <laughs> Yeah, so that's my that's my hot take, if you will. But like I said, when when it's a team that's this elite and playing this level of competition on their schedule, splitting hairs is necessary. So let's get to the third team on this list, the the third team in this top three, Penn State. Their over under is set at nine and a half. I'll take first swing because I've got Penn State hitting the over, and I think they are finally going to break through with at least one of these top two. And, and finish second in the Big Ten East above Ohio State and behind Michigan. So while I look at Penn State's schedule, I actually have them beating Ohio State. I have them going into the horseshoe and winning, and I have them going 11-1 and with their only loss to Michigan. This is, this is my big separator between Penn State and Ohio State. Penn State has elites, and I'm talking like, like elite, elite level talent every single position group. I shouldn't say every, but the most important position groups. They have Kalen King at corner, who's a true lockdown guy. They have Olu Fashanu at left tackle, who could have gone top 10 in the draft last year. They have Abdul Carter at linebacker, Chop Robinson at defensive end, and they probably have the second best running back duo in the conference in Singleton and Allen. And they're running behind a better offensive line, contrary to Ohio State. So I think the star power of Penn State also being in the second year under Manny Diaz at DC, I think they have more elite dudes than Ohio State does. And I think they have a better offensive line. So I think they go into the shoe and get a win. I'm taking the over. Interesting. Interesting here. I'm I'm full of takes today, baby. I'm full of takes. I, I mean – 
I agree with you. I think Penn State is a real scary team this year. It's it's their year where the stars are aligning, right? And the and the big question mark is, okay, can your stud quarterback perform at a high level? It's it's the same story with Michigan. I don't I hate to bring that up all the time, but like you're seeing the similarities there, right? You've got returning pieces on the offensive line, and if not for Blake Corum and and Donovan Edwards, you would have the best running back duo in the country. And I even see some people who are arguing that they are the best running back duo in the country. Um, that's beside the point. Can they get the monkey off their back is the real question. And I think there's going to be a couple of very interesting games here. I will be glued to my television for the West Virginia Penn State game week one or week zero or whenever it is. I think that's going to be such a fun game. And you can draw similarities to last year's Purdue Penn State game, I think. Um, that will see that will show you right off the bat is Penn State a legitimate team if they slip and get a loss that doesn't really affect their Big Ten standings but then that kind of affects like the national conversation um, with how the rest of their season will progress Um, but I will say the over but maybe not as bold as you I think they still lose two games Um, and maybe they finish in the tie with you know, Ohio state, uh, in the, in the, uh, division, but another question for you, will the Michigan Penn state game be the highest scoring game of the big 10? Will that be a shootout in happy Valley? Oh, that is a great question. I don't think it'll be a, I don't think it'll be the highest scoring game. I think the highest scoring game will be some game involving Ohio state. I think with Marvin Harrison and just their, abundance of riches at receiver some game involving Ohio State will be the highest scoring game but Penn State Michigan and Penn State Ohio State the level of elite games we're going to get in in the conference this year is just mouthwatering because I can see like Michigan and Penn State's running backs just scoring big run after big run after big run in that game like that's going to be the most up and it might even be a little bit like the Michigan TCU game at the end where it was just like huge play after huge play. Um, so that's going to cause, you know, heart attacks for all of the fans involved with those games. But for everybody else watching the Big Ten, they're going to grab their popcorn and sit down on their couch or their favorite chair because that is going to be a game that is going to be phenomenal. All right, next up on the docket, a team we mentioned earlier is potentially a trap game for Michigan. We've got Maryland, the Terrapins, sitting at 7.5, debuting for the – First time, full time. Maybe not the first time, full time because they're classics, but they're Terp jerseys, which are mwah, those script Terps helmets are beautiful. They're returning to Le- returning to Leah, obviously returning Roman Hemby at running back. They do lose a lot of NFL talent though. They lost a couple of corners. They lost a couple of receivers. Um, Loxley seems to be optimistic. He said at Big Ten Media Days that he felt like this is the first time. They have a team that's ready to compete for Big Ten championships, which is like, whoa, at Maryland? And he even acknowledged, he was like, that's the first time I've said that here. So he's obviously optimistic. The number is seven and a half. Corey, what did your gut tell you? You ready for my hot take? Oh, let's hear it. The four best teams in the Big Ten are all going to be from the East, and Maryland is going to be the fourth best team. That that over-under is way too low. I mean, look at first. Look at their non-con. Let's just let's just mathematically look at this: Towson, Charlotte, Virginia, and then you play MSU in Indiana. Okay, five wins right there, and especially with the experience of a top. Oh, how do you pronounce his name? Talia, Talia, Talia Tagovailoa. Um, so you got five wins right off the bat. Okay, you go to Ohio State. Probably going to lose that game. Illinois, no, they're not going to lose that game at home. No way. Illinois lost a ton of talent, and the Big Ten West is is a mess, is a disaster right now. They're going to win that game. They're going to beat Northwestern, Penn State. I think they would lose that as well. They're going to beat Nebraska. They have a potential. Uh, As a non-Penn State or Ohio State game, the Maryland game at Maryland sandwiched between those two games. That is a scary, scary game for Michigan Wolverines fans. I'm not saying it's a coin flip, but don't, I don't think anybody would be surprised if 
Michigan slipped up or Maryland played a great game like they played last year against Michigan in Michigan. And then you finish out the season at Rutgers. I, you, you may have a power struggle again where the scales are tipping to the east and Maryland is that team that comes out and surprises people in a more um, definitive fashion than a Purdue, but except it's on the other side. So do you think that Maryland steals one of Michigan, Penn State, and Ohio State? If I had to bet on it, yes. If you had to bet which one it is. (laughs) Oh, gosh. You knew it was coming. Uh, You're going to – I can't believe that you didn't do the slam. It could be Michigan. Just given where the schedule is laid out, your two biggest games of the year, Penn State and Ohio State, happen to be within two weeks of each other. And then you have to go on the road while we're not looking ahead, but everybody's looking ahead. Look at the Illinois game. They were at home and, ev- and everything was uncharacteristic. And that was a home game. I would not be surprised. I Hey, you could be a prophet, my guy. That's a big boy take. That's a big boy take. And I, like I think it. there's something I to be also- said about the quarterback coming back. And the progress that he has made throughout his time at Maryland. So that's that's why. That's why. I agree. I agree 100%. I'm also taking the over. I'm not as confident in you in taking the over. I think the reputation of Maryland has always been, are they tough enough? Especially in the trenches. Are they tough enough to win 8, 9, 10 games in the Big Ten? I need them to prove that to me. I do think they start off 5-0. and But I have them slipping up against an Illinois which is something that they've done in the past, like like not being able to beat Purdue last year and being like, come on, guys, you should beat Purdue. So uh, I have them losing the big three to Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan. I just think there's too much talent on those teams. But like you said, uh, those kinds of things happen. And I even said it myself. I have a feeling that Michigan's more likely to slip up against someone they shouldn't slip up against than someone they should. It could very well be Maryland. So I am taking the over. Uh, but I'm not not as confident as you are, but I, I am taking the over. All right, this gets interesting. Next team on this list, Mel Tucker's Michigan State Spartans. Obviously coming off a huge down year, and they've been ridiculed. They've been taking the punishment on social media. Their over-under sits at five and a half. So Vegas is basically telling you a bowl game is a successful season. Can they get over the top? Can they make a bowl game this year after missing out last year? Looking at the schedule, Corey, I'll let you take first swing. Is Michigan State hitting the over or under? I hate that I have the reputation of being a Sparty hate, which I which I am. I will own that. But <laughs> he goes, he goes. I am though. I, am. I give them, I give them their flowers when it's deserved. You know that. I've 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 always taken the higher ground and said, you know what? Are you giving the are you, are you giving them flowers now? No, look at the schedule, okay? Central and Richmond, okay, you should win those games. Maryland or Washington, who's a dark horse college football playoff team. And Penix coming back as well. Maryland, who I'm very high on, then you have to go to Iowa, which is a really tough place to play. And then, okay, Rutgers. I mean, I love you, Rutgers. Like, Rutgers football. But, you know, come on. Let's let's be real here. And then you have Michigan, which they will they will be up for. But there's just too much talent. The, the gap is so significant. And I think they will be laser focused. I think that's a perfect time for the Michigan, Michigan State game to be played. In, I mean, I know it's the same time. But for a Michigan team that's focused and talented, I, I, don't, think, I don't think they steal one there. Uh, they could maybe win it because we don't really know what Minnesota is at. Maybe. I don't think they beat Nebraska. They definitely don't beat Ohio State. They got to go to the horseshoe and do that. They beat Indiana because Indiana is dog water. And then Penn State, they'll just be, they'll just be depleted by that time. I mean, that's, they could go over. I don't see them getting more than six wins more but i'm gonna go under 
it's just it's it's tough pickings. That's a hard schedule, and that's not just a Michigan State thing. Like I hate Michigan State, I do, but like that's a difficult schedule. It is a difficult schedule, and I think you actually started to talk about this. I think the game on here that this over under is going to depend on is the Minnesota game. That game's on the road because. You've got the easy wins. You've got Central, Richmond, Rutgers, Nebraska, and Indiana. So those are five easy wins, okay, of teams that you're just flat out more talented than. And then you've got two games that I feel like are these 50-50 games, which Maryland you get at home. I don't think it's a 50-50 game. I think Maryland's more talented. But the big one is Minnesota. Minnesota is also going through a lot of change. Change at quarterback. Change at running back. Uh, I think they're changing one or two offensive linemen over there too. And it's on the road. Can you steal that one to get to a bowl game? I think that's what it's going to come down to. And just to refresh everybody, Michigan State is losing their top two playmakers in receivers, Jaden Reed and Keon Coleman. They're losing 113 receptions, over 1,400 yards, and 12 touchdowns between the two of those guys. Now they have Trey Mosley waiting in the wings. He's always been a good playmaker for them. But can he be an elite number one? And also, who's going to be throwing him the ball? Is it going to be Hauser? Is it going to be Noah Kim? Because Peyton Thorne is now at Auburn. And and Thorne's probably going to win the job at Auburn. So Mel Tucker keeps saying that he this is probably the deepest MSU team that he's had in a long time. And depth is super important. But you got to have the top-end talent to win those 50-50 games. That Minnesota game is going to be really, really tricky. I have them losing it because it's on the road. So I do have them just on the under at five wins. Should I take an unnecessary shot at Michigan State or or should I just not? You should you should absolutely take a shot. If Peyton Thorne couldn't get it done at Michigan State in the Big Ten, how on earth is he going to get it done in the SEC? What? You know what? Listen to this. Peyton Thorne transferred from Michigan State and is now starting at Auburn. And Graham Mertz transferred from Wisconsin and is now starting at Florida. Like, they're just taking our leftovers. Okay, but Graham Mertz is the exact opposite of Anthony Richardson as a quarterback. Let's be honest here. Okay, so you had the flash and the pizzazz of Anthony Richardson and the athleticism. Graham Mertz is, like, completely different. <laughs> completely different. Way different. And then, pay, I, I mean, no one knows what Auburn's doing right now. I mean, the Hugh Freeze hire raised some question marks for a multitude of reasons, but... I got I I didn't like Peyton Thorne last year. I don't like Peyton Thorne this year. I don't think Peyton Thorne's a good quarterback. Look at any of the big games that Michigan State won. He was not the reason that he won those games. Or that they won those games. And I hate it that I just I'm ripping into this kid. And it's not even but oh man, I just uh God, you're such a Michigan State. I know, hater. I am. I am. I'll give you your at least he owns I'll it. give you your flowers. I will. I will do it. Kirk Cousins, if you had him in the Connor Cook era, you would have won a national championship. Hands down. Connor Cook, bad. Peyton Thorne, bad. Have you watched Quarterback, uh, the Netflix show I yet have. with Kirk Cousins? I love it? Kirk Cousins. He's the man. Dude, he's so freaking he awesome. He is the man. He's he is the biggest he's goober. the easiest guy to root for. He is for. the biggest goober on the planet. But oh man, I love Kirk Cousins. <laughs> he's such a good guy, dude. Such a good guy. And underrated. Underrated, man. I love that dude. Okay, next team up. Oh, wait, actually, side question for Michigan State. If they hit the under on this and miss a bowl game, is Mel Tucker still the coach after this year? That's a messy, messy question because I think he might have to be because he's getting so much money, right? Like, is it, what's the buyout situation there? I have no idea, but that's literally the only thing that I think would be uh, preventing them from pulling the trigger. and, and Because he's the highest paid state employee right now. And I don't think you can just get rid of that. Yeah, that's he's getting a lot of dough. He's getting a lot of dough right Yikes. now. So. I would say no. Yeah. In actuality, I would say no. I do think Tucker could. Uh, Tucker is the guy that Michigan State loves to have the chip on your shoulder, almost to an annoying like level. But I think he can. I think he can turn it around. Yeah, I think they would give him one more year. I think they would give him one more year. 
Uh, Indiana is up next. These next two teams are going to be rough to talk about. Indiana sitting at uh, three and a half is their over under. So basically, you're looking at this. They've got a game against Indiana State and Akron. So those are two guaranteed wins. Uh, can they get two more? They've got Louisville in the non-conference, so they're playing against Jeff Brom and his new squad. Uh, I don't know that that's an easy win. I I don't think so. Indiana, I don't even know really what to say. They are losing their quarterback. They're going through QB change. They've got A.J. Barner, who transferred from tight end, and he's at Michigan now. I don't know. I just I just don't have faith in them. I don't think they're super talented. I've got them hitting the under. I think those those two gimmies are the only wins they're going to have. I think they're losing to Louisville. And there's no other team that on their schedule from the Big Ten. Actually, I take this back. There is one other team on their schedule in the Big Ten who they match up similarly talent-wise. Say and it. It's yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. <laughs> You can't you can't wait for that game, can oh, you? Oh, dude, that's gonna be the Sickos Committee game of the year, right there. I might go. I might go to that game because I'm just I'm just a sucker for miserable football. If that's if if that's within the price range, and that's also kind of a far drive. Okay, listen up here. Um, fun fact: uh, Indiana Louisville has actually played in Indianapolis at uh, Lucas Oil, so that'll be fun. Um, I've thought about going to that game but tickets are like $90 that doesn't have anything to do with the over under I'm just letting the people know I might be there solo um this is what's going to happen I'm going to give you the script for the Indiana football team for this upcoming season week one Ohio State in the first quarter it's going to be tied like they always do they're going to keep it close okay in the first quarter and then it's all going to fall apart and Indiana's going to lose by like 40, something like that. And it's like, okay, here we go again. They're going to play Indiana State at home. They're going to win that game, and everybody's going to be like, okay, okay, fine. This is Indiana football. They're going to play Louisville, and they're going to lose that game. I just – I don't see any way that they're going to win that game. And if they do, it's going to be incredible because there's going to be a ton of fans at Lucas Oil because these people are crazy for Indiana Purdue. It is unlike anything I've ever seen outside of like a Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State sort of a thing. But it's mostly on the basketball side and these people are nasty towards each other. It's very fun as an outside fan. They're going to lose to Louisville. They're going to beat Akron. They're not going to beat Maryland. They might pull some stuff where they like take cheap shots at the kneecaps against Michigan like they did that one year. Um, So that's going to be interesting which side they, they take. The Rutgers game, Oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be so it's gonna be so awful. It's gonna be good. If if that my perfect scenario, I want a six to three final score. That's what I want. In over in over no 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 that'd be impossible. Or but it's like what if it was like zero zero the entire game and then it gets to like like overtime and they kick field goals and then they have to do like the two point conversions. And then we get like a crazy, like, like, I don't know, like 11 to eight final. I, I, I don't know how that would work. I don't know how the math would work. I'm not, don't. On a statue of Liberty. Oh, that would be incredible. So Rutgers could be a win. Penn state's not a win. Wisconsin's not a win. Illinois is not a win. I didn't, I don't like Illinois. I'm not high on them, but I don't think that they lose to, to Indiana at home. MSU, you get one right there. You're going to avenge the loss that you had to Indiana last year. And then, boy, they're up, baby. Hudson Carr is better than any other quarterback they got on that roster. And I think I think a lot of people are selling Purdue short. I think they – as far as, like, the expectations, okay, I think the Hudson Carr addition could be – could work out pretty well for them. I think he's got a couple years of eligibility – and he's an experienced quarterback, and they need that for a younger team. But it's card. It's not Hudson Carr. It's card. I didn't say card. No, you said car, you bozo. Okay, well, Texas not back, so who cares? Um, regardless, uh, I just 
it's a rivalry game, but still, they'll be so defeated at that point. They'll be asking, is it basketball season by the time it's the Maryland game? So, who cares? I'm sorry, Indiana, but not really. Boiler up. Wait, did you you said under? Under. And, like, almost okay, comfortably yeah. under. I, I'm also comfortably under. So, that leads us to the last team on the list, baby. Would you like to go ahead and announce them, Corey? Oh, baby. Would I ever? Your 2023 Rutgers football. Oh, goodness. This is just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. The over-under is set at three and a half, my guy. Three and a half. And I'm telling you what. I'm taking the over. (laughs) Uh, Are you going to explain why? They played Northwestern and Indiana. That's all the expl- explaining I have to do. And Wagner, too. That's a, that's a big game. And and Temple. Temple gave them fits last year. Yeah, but they get them at home. That's they they get they get Northwestern, Temple, and Wagner at home. Those, for the love of God, those should all be wins. If they lose to Northwestern, they just need to they need to independently remove themselves from the Big Ten Conference if they lose to Northwestern at home this year. I've said this a thousand times. You're, you are. The- I know they're not. I know they're not going to, but losing to Northwestern this year for anyone is going to be really you, embarrassing. You guys rip on me all the time for not talking about the money when things are clearly about the money, and Rutgers is clearly in the Big Ten for the money. That's why they're here. So you're going to have to reap the consequences of what we see on the football field. And that is terrible football. It's just that. I just, I just don't know what they're doing with the money. Like Rutgers cheat a little bit, cheat a oh, little they bit. Got Shiano. He's back there and he's doing it. I'm just kidding. I, I kind of like Shiano. I, I won't, I won't rip on Shiano, but okay. Rutgers, Rutgers don't cheat, but hit the over for me. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to hit the over. They should beat Northwestern. They should beat Temple Wagner. I feel like Rutgers last year at Wagner put up like 60 points. And we're like, where the heck did that come from? Cause I don't think they put up 60 points in like any game ever in the big 10 at all. Um, they've, they've had 60 points put up against oh, them countless times. And also like 78 that one year. Um, and then they put up zero. Again, I'm not a slappy, but yes, I am. Um, yeah, they're gonna hit this over, I think. And it's gonna it's gonna if you're if you're betting actually the Indiana and Rutgers overs, you got a problem. You need to stop. You just do. So maybe <laughs> I will because I have a problem and I'm an absolute sicko, but I'm I'm gonna bet the Indiana under. That's for sure. <laughs> Way too high. But Rutgers, yeah. You know what? I'm rooting for you, Rutgers. Despite all the nasty things I've said about you today, you're gonna you're gonna hit the over. All right. So that means, do we both? I I for sure. I have Michigan winning the East again. I have Penn State coming second, and I have Ohio State third. Uh, I'm not gonna. Well, okay. I've got Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State. Maryland, Michigan State, Rutgers, and Indiana. So the big switch is Penn State and Ohio State for me. Who do you have winning the East this year? Are you are you going with Michigan? Because you had the over on Ohio State and on Michigan. So I feel like you're probably between those two. Am I right? Yeah, I am. I This is a year that I should be confident in Michigan beating Ohio State. And given the question that I asked, do they have more talent? And then until proven otherwise, they have the edge and toughness and in the trenches. So. Yes, Michigan should and will win the East. Go back to Indianapolis. I'll get to see them again at Lucas Oil, my hometown now. Um, I still, man, I still think Ohio State's going to finish second. I'll put Penn State at third, but it's close. Or maybe they tie and then the tiebreakers. I don't know any of those numbers. Maryland finishes fourth, but I think they clearly finish fourth. They clearly hit their over. Um, and they are the fourth best team in the Big Ten, potentially fourth or fifth, because whoever comes out of the West is not going to be as bad as they were last year. Um, and then, yikes, just a lot of bad on the bottom half 
And I think MSU, just given the numbers, it'll be MSU, Rutgers, and Indiana to, to bottom out the rest of the conference. All right. So let's shoot from the hip. Just quick over-under answers since you weren't on last week's episode to give me what you feel about the Big Ten West. And then we're going we're gonna to predict our Big Ten championship matchups. So, all right, we'll start with Purdue. Over-under at five and a half. What have you got? Give me the over, baby. We're getting to six. Illinois, six and a half. Uh, let me take a quick look at their schedule. You know, I'm not high on Illinois. I'm going to go with my gut. I'm going to go. I'm going to go under. Iowa at eight and a half. Looking real quick. Given the McNamara love love train that was just happening, I will go over. Minnesota seven and a half. I'm not high on Minnesota at all. I don't think, I don't think they will get it. I'm gonna I'm gonna go under. Wisconsin eight. And a Wisconsin half. has a really good chance to be a really really good team. Um, looking at them crunching the numbers, I think they avenged the Washington State loss last year. Georgia Southern is nothing. Um, yeah, I'll go over on Wisconsin. Nebraska, six and a half. That's tough. Tough, 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 tough. Um, under. And then lastly, Northwestern at two and a half. If you're betting on this, you're a sicko, but ugh, uh, under. All right, so who do you, I'm guessing you're probably waffling between Iowa and Wisconsin, and if there's another team, please no. share. But who do you have? Who do you have winning the West? Then the the script writers of college football would would just be salivating for an Iowa big or Iowa Michigan Big Ten championship. I'll go with that. I think I think the turnaround for Fickle would be too quick. I think Wisconsin will be will take a, a huge step from where they were last year, and I think they will hit their over. Um, but then it's going to come down to the head-to-head against Wisconsin and Iowa for the Big Ten West Championship. You think Wisconsin's going to win that game? I think Iowa will win just because, I mean, it's been a couple of years in a row where they've had a top, like, 25 to top 15 defense, even maybe even top 10 defense in the country. And they've lost people, and they've reloaded. And I think there's a lot to be said with the regime that's there still, regardless of how you feel about the Ferentz family. Um, I still think uh, Kirk, solid coach, and he gives you a successful year once every three seasons or a little bit more. Um, I'd feel confident in Iowa. All right. So the matchups. For me, I've got Michigan versus Wisconsin in the Big Ten championship game. I don't I don't think there's any mystery here. I'm going with Michigan to win their third Big Ten championship in a row and go back to the college football playoff as more than likely a top two seed. That is my prediction. Michigan winning the Big Ten. Corey, does Cade get his revenge in Indianapolis? No. No. It's, no. No, no, no. Talent talent is off the charts at Michigan. If they were to face them again, I think it'd be an interesting storyline. I think Cade would put up a a heck of a fa- of of a battle. Um, but at the end of the day, there was a reason that JJ won the starting job, and it was it was clear last year. He can do way more on a football field, and as he works through protecting the football a little bit more, we saw that rear its ugly head in the TCU game. I think we're going to realize that. Yeah, Cade was or JJ was the correct decision and I think we all agree that right now anyway but I think it'll further cement that and then Iowa's just I don't know it's just they're they're Iowa you can only take them so far they're a good team you can always count on them to be a good team but it took an undefeated year to get them to the Rose Bowl and then they got their you know their teeth kicked in by Christian McCaffrey and that was the greatest Iowa football season that we've seen in the past two decades yep agreed All right, everybody, that's what we've got for you. So those are our predictions and feel free to empty out your savings accounts, take that money all the way to Vegas. And you know what? 
it's a safe bet if you're going with us. Maybe not with Corey because he went. Actually, you know what? We both finished under 500 last year. In yeah, what the heck? Check yesterday. What the heck, man? You're losing money if you go so with either of us. Yeah, so go back and listen to last week's episode and bet the things that Ethan said and then see what Ethan says next week about Big Ten East and then bet that if you want to actually make some money. Or all right, or you could just you know go with us and then the lock of the century, Indiana under <laughs> under three and a half wins. Just bet everything you can on the Indiana under. Bet everything you can. Oh gosh! Under. Oh no! Not gambling advice. All right, everybody. That's what we've got. Come back next week. We're gonna have college football playoff predictions. That hopefully they'll be Desmond Howard level. All right, follow us on the socials at Big Show Pod on Instagram and threads. Make sure to follow, subscribe on Apple and Spotify, leave us ratings, reviews. We love you guys. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.